we're too busy thinking about what we could be doing rather than appreciating where we're at. And I think that's where the problem lies. There's a saying that I absolutely love and it's comparison is the thief of joy. G'day, g'day, welcome back to another episode of A Lot To Talk About. It is your boy, the captain of the ship, the man in charge, Bradley J. Driver. Of course, you can call me Brad. And I'm excited because I'm here with another great guest, a guest who I've just had the privilege of sharing my story on his platform up in his studio today. But now we're in his backyard, a little bit of nature, connecting with Mother Earth a little <laughs> bit for a chat about his story, exactly what he's doing, and we're going to get into that. But you know how I roll. We've got to give our guests a good intro, a nice warm welcome. And... This guy is a guy who's connecting the dots for people and helping them find their path post-school. He's the host of the post-school podcast with Uncle Nathan. And I know what you're thinking. He looks young to be an uncle. And that's well because he is. He's 20 years of age. <laughs> but ladies and gentlemen, we're going to get into that story today. Without further ado, I want to introduce you to the one, the only, Mr. Nathan Moss. How Thank are you, brother? Thank you so much for having me, mate. I'm stoked to be here. I'm excited for our chat. Absolute pleasure. It'd be remiss of me not to introduce... Sasha, Border Collie. <laughs> yeah, Border Collie. Border Collie, bread. who I'm sure will make many appearances in and out of camera yeah. um, throughout the course of today's podcast. She'll be rocking around. Yeah. <laughs> as the ambience, as you said. That's it, that's it. So, man, I'm, I'm stoked to be here. We had a great little morning before we got into the studio. We went down for a swim. First time we're meeting each other, you know, yeah. we connected over social and got the opportunity to, to get into nature, have a swim, have a coffee, a bit of brekkie together, mm. and just talk a little bit off camera, which is always great, connect a little bit about our stories. And it's nice to be here because I love what you're doing. The thing that stood out to me is that post-school life is really confusing. It can be quite scary and it's hard for people to find their life and their direction. You're helping people connect those dots. Talk to me a little bit about how Uncle Nathan began. Yeah, so, um it is like that, that period between finishing high school and starting the next chapter, whatever that may be, is so confusing for young people. I think, I think we all experience it in some way or another. Yeah. Um, I was sort of one of those people going through high school where it sort of, it came really naturally, like academically, I did, did well throughout high school. And when I got to the end of it, I was in a great position to go about doing what I wanted to do after school. Um, but in hindsight, it was quite a small-minded perspective, perspective to have because I was brought back into my school as, as kind of like an in-house tutor where my job yep. was to work with students who struggled with, it was a senior school, so struggled with the HSC um, in particular. And in doing so, I realised that a lot, of, a lot of kids don't fit into the school system the way that it's built. Mm. And the problem with the way that the school system is built at the moment is it's, it's very structured. And there yeah. aren't many ways around that structure. So if it doesn't work for you, it's really hard to do well and figure things out. And mm -hmm. because of that, like kids are finishing school with this completely false um, perception of their intelligence and their ability to go out and achieve what they want to achieve in life. And to me, that's, it's a really sad thing because, because I was lucky enough to fit into the system, I finished school with the mentality that I can do whatever I want. Yeah. And unfortunately, that's just not the reality what is that thing the reality for some people um for those of you listening a butterfly i think just yeah, just made its way through screen almost there. just knocked me out left like good night <laughs> um but yeah so in doing that i thought it's not fair it's not fair that some people finish school and think that they have to go down a route that they don't want to go down 
because of the way their marks have defined them. Yeah. Um, so I took on that responsibility of, hey, this is my uncertainty around adult life, figuring out the world outside of high school. If you want to come along for the journey, please join. And so that's, that's where awesome. it sort of came from. It was just like, I'm just going to share my experience and tell people, show people that they're not alone in figuring this out. Like not every day is going to be easy. And I wanted to show them that there are other people around that feel the struggles they're going through. Um, so that's we can definitely sort of learn from. from each other, can't we? Like, yeah. and, and I love that that's your mentality to want to help and to want to show people, I guess, an inside mm. into your journey and, and allow, to see, allow them to see you picking up the pieces and piecing together that puzzle as you go. Yeah. What do you find is the main reason outside of the school system? So, you know, even for yourself, you said you leave, you've left the school system, you fit into that system, but now the challenge of figuring out life, what do you think presents as the biggest challenge or challenges to being comfortable in finding a degree or a work balance that works for you? You know what the biggest two things I think that contribute to struggling to figure out who you are after school are the first one is definitely expectations yeah. of yourself based on what other people think you're capable of yeah. so it's expectations and comparison like it's so easy for us to compare what we're doing with the people that. we grew up with um, so i guess if we start with expectations like you finish school with an idea of how intelligent you are yep. what courses you could do if you wanted to go to university what options are out there if you don't want to go to university, although you don't know all the options, you know all the ones that you've been told. Yep. And based on those things, you expect from yourself a certain level of achievement. You expect from yourself, based on what your parents think of you, a certain level of achievement. You expect from yourself, based on what your friends think of you, a certain level of achievement. So there's three different factors at play here. And they're often quite different because your family sees a different side to you that your friends see. And you see a different side to yourself than what both of those sides see. So all these expectations never match up. And we're, That's a good point. Yeah, we're stuck trying to figure out which one to listen to. Yeah. And then when we finally pick one, where they're looking at all of our friends and what they're doing, going, oh, they're doing so much more than me. What am I doing wrong? Yeah. So it's like we have expectations and then we expect more of ourselves when we see our friends doing something different or something extra. It's like we're too busy thinking about what we could be doing rather than appreciating where we're at. And I think that's where the problem lies. There's a saying that I absolutely love and it's comparison is the thief of joy. Mm. And it's so true. It's so easy to look around us. And we spoke about it a little bit in our episode. It's so easy to look around and say, you know, this is where I should be at this age. We, we tend to define the steps of life and the journey of life by the age we're at. And there's almost expectations that come with oh, each yeah. age to, to even touch on your point there even more, that expectation that you figure out eventually and you, you begin to get really comfortable with the fact of at one point in life all of what I thought I knew may change and then it's almost as if I have to begin again mm. so forget about how old you are and just go with what feels right and what means something to you I love what you said there about those two major points and I want to go back to expectation leaving school would you say people expected you to start this Uncle Nathan journey yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I have a very vivid memory of my graduation day. It was like the typical awards ceremony. Mm. And um, I, going through high school, I was always the, the cocky one. Yeah. Like the really, I would call it arrogance, especially the younger years. Um, probably 
yeah, year eight until year 10, I was a bit of a wanker to be fair at high school. And um, yeah. it was- Love the honesty. Yeah. That's, I'm not going to hide from it because it's made me what I am today. Yeah, of course. Um, but there was a significant point in year 11 where um, something happened. It was, it basically just made me look in the mirror. There were a few things that piled on top of each other and I started listening to it and I was like, oh, maybe they're right about who I am. And that's not who I wanted to be. So I had to, I had this perspective change where I was like, all right, this is what I want to be. This is what people are saying I am. Which one do I listen to? And in mm. the end, I chose to listen to what other people were saying with the perspective that I can be better. So I, I, chose, I chose to improve myself. And I took a lot of time in the, the second half of year 11 to really work on who I am and what my values are and who I think I should be as a person. And um, so based on that, when I finished year 12, I was very clear on where I wanted to go, the things I wanted to do, the way I wanted to act, the values that I would live by. And I, um, I think I made that very clear. So when we got to that graduation day, I think I, there was a book with like all the different pages um, that have like the schedule for the day. And I remember when I first walked into that assembly hall, you have like the reserved seats for the kids that are getting awards. You have like the seats for everyone else and then the seats for the family and then the teachers stand around. And I remember when I first walked in, I was taken right up to the front, the very first seat where the awards are. And on that seat, there was a pamphlet and the pamphlet had the rundown for the day. And every third line, my name was there. I got about seven awards that day. And in that moment, that, that cocky seven to, yeah, year seven to year nine, Nathan, came out and I could feel him coming up. So I'm like, yeah. oh, I'm getting a lot of awards today. Like I've done Ego it, boost. I've, I've made it, I've won school. And I could feel that coming up. And, I, and in that moment, I really had to go back to those values. And my four values are self-assuredness, honesty, um, respect, and uh, contentment. Yep. That was it. And um, so I was like, I've got to be honest with myself here. Like, mm. By what definition have I won school? Like, because I'm getting awards, all that shows is that I fit the school system well. And, that's um, a really, that's a really nice way of detaching yourself from the ego and looking yeah. at it. Yeah, so that's what I was that's trying to That's a really do. mature response, I yeah. I was trying to put my ego down there. And I think the reason I bring that story up is because that day when I was able to actually do that, I realized that I had the opportunity here to look at myself from a completely objective perspective. And I say completely, obviously it's hard to be completely objective, but I could look at myself and detach from what I was feeling and thinking in that moment and look at it from a bigger picture. Yep. And um, so I never expected myself to fall into being a blogger and podcaster and running an Instagram page and all these other social medias. Like I never expected the digital world to be my calling, Yep. but the things that I do through the podcast and through the blog and through the Instagram makes so much sense based on the work I did over those two years. I love that, man. That's a really honest and really egoless way of looking at the opportunity you have to positively impact people mm. in the world. And we spoke about it before, like for me, the, the definition of purpose that I love is a definition Jay Shetty uses and it's finding your passion and taking that passion and turning it into purpose is basically figuring out how can, how can I use my passion in service of others? Yeah. And I think you're doing a really good job of that. And there's so many people who are able to connect the dots because of your podcast and the things that you do 
you touched on it just there a moment ago, the blog. Was the blog the beginning of Uncle Nathan? Yeah, so it started, I started writing the blog in September of 2020. Yep. Um, so I built the website all on my own, had no idea how to build a website or a blog or start anything like that. Um, so yeah, I spent from September to December figuring that out, building this website all on my own. I didn't have much money to throw in, so I think, I think in the end I spent um, $250 before launch. Okay, nice. So it was like super minimal. Um, and yeah, so I wrote about 20 blog posts before I published it all. And then Jan 1, 2021, I launched everything. And it went really well the first few weeks because obviously all my friends and the local community got around it, supported yeah. it heaps. Um, so yeah, it got a really good push to start. And then slowly I sort of started realizing you know, I was publishing a blog post every week and I started to realize that as much as people enjoyed the content that was in them, no one had the time or the desire to read a long form blog post yeah. because I was targeting a young demographic, like mm. people who are between the ages of 16 to 22. Yeah. They don't like reading. There's things like TikTok where your attention is literally focused on a 15 second video. Yeah. Like it was, it was unrealistic for me to expect people to be loyal to something that they don't enjoy doing. Yep. Um, so at that point, so this was about March of 21, and I realized that, okay, there's got to be something else here that I can do to push a similar message, um, but in a way that people enjoy consuming it. So that's where the podcast came about. So I was also like, at this point, it was just me. Every blog post was my perspective, my opinion, what I think of something, my failures, my learnings. I'm like, that's all well and good, but if I can share the learnings and failures and wisdom of other people then everyone wins right mm. i get to learn from that and i get to share those learnings with my audience so to me it was the blog was always my perspective my view of things and the podcast was always going to be the perspective of others so that it captures both of these things and it wasn't just one dimensional because i hated that idea of this is my opinion and that's the only one you're going to get here yeah i was like i wanted it to be a community i wanted people to have different opinions and differ in their perspectives and like I've had a few podcast episodes where we'll get into a heated discussion about something because our values of the subject don't line up. And I love that because I walk yeah. away like, huh, yeah, maybe they're right. And it's like you get to really think about things because it's so easy to fall into the trap of thinking you have everything figured out and you know everything. As Was it person. hard for you at first to be able to have that heated controversy with a guest? Not even controversy, but that, that discussion where you both respect either, each other's opinions but... To be young, I think a lot of people, especially in their younger years, in their 20s, really struggle to voice their opinion, mm. even when they don't disagree with the general consensus, or I, um, when they don't agree with someone they're having a conversation with. They almost just form into agreement to avoid conflict. Yeah, there's two sort of factors to that question. Like, firstly, I found it really easy because I just assumed I was wrong, always. Okay. But then that in itself shows that I wasn't confident enough in my own opinion to voice it. Yeah. So two things there. Because when I was doing all that work on myself in like year 11, mm. I, um, I went from one end of the spectrum to the other. So I went from the cocky kid to the kid that was confident in his own ability, but never let anyone know that. Yeah. Or tried not to. Like I literally went from the most confident person to the least confident person ever, um, which was almost more harmful than it did good. So it was getting back to the middle that was quite challenging. But in doing those two things, when I started the podcast, I could shift. 
So if yeah. someone else was really passionate about their opinion or their perspective on something, I could put myself down here and just listen, assuming I was completely wrong. And then at the end of it, I could list, like almost rewind what they were saying and then factor in my own opinion. Because I, wasn't, I, don't, I don't see the point in fighting with someone when they're up here and believe 100% in what they're saying. I'm never gonna get through to them. I think that's great self-awareness. Yeah, that's, that's what I was trying to build. A yeah. good sense of self-awareness. And that's, that's what allowed me to then listen to someone who I might disagree with and just accept it for what it is and then take away their points. And sometimes I turn, turn around to myself and say, you know what, <laughs> they make some good points. I'll, yeah. I'm gonna adjust my, my definition of this situation. And then other times I'd be like, yeah, they're very well and truly like, consumed by what they believe and that's fine, they do them, I don't agree. I had a really interesting conversation about that with my sister this morning. I was mm. driving on, on my way up here in the car and I had a two hour drive, right? So I was just calling my family and catching up with everyone. And my sister and I had a conversation about things we thought we once knew were actually ignorant to and had to have the self-awareness to now understand from a different light mm -hmm. and now share a different view on it. And that's a real skill. Yeah. That's something, and that's not, I'm not putting tickets on myself there, but that's a real skill for people to learn. It's actually very hard to do, to drop the ego and to drop the, the embarrassment mm. of being wrong in the first place, especially if you've been vocal about it. Yeah. And to go, no, I want, I want to be better. I want to learn from this experience. I want to learn from people around me who maybe know a little bit more or maybe a little bit more educated on that topic mm. or part of life than I am. And I feel like that's how we get better. It's yeah. great self-awareness. Self-awareness is such so an important questions. skill. Questions bring you to that point. 100%. It's, like, it's so easy to not ask a question because if you ask a question and the answer isn't what you expected, then you're wrong and you feel that. Yeah. And so the easiest option is just not, not ask the question. Yeah, for so sure. People just go through life assuming they know. Yeah. And we all know the saying about assuming and ask out of you and me. Um, it's, yeah. It's, you, I'd always rather ask the question and be wrong because yeah. then I know I'm wrong. What's the biggest pers perspective shift you've had when you've been wrong about something in your School. life? School. Mm. Oh my God. I thought if you didn't do well at school, it was because you didn't want to do well at school. That's how I, because I did fine. I got mm. ducks in year nine and 10. Year 12, I got an ATAR in the nineties. Like it was all well and good for me. Yeah. Everything was sweet. And I got to the end of it and I'm like, oh, you got a 60 ATAR? That's yeah, because you, you didn't want to do well. Yeah. And I'm like, that's that, oh, like, I cannot tell you how certain I was of that perspective. Um, and like, it's scary for me being vulnerable about this right now because I can feel people looking through that camera or listening to this audio going, what a wanker. Yeah, like, that's, that's, but it's the truth. That's what I was. And um, it was only when I first went back to my high school to do that, that tutoring that I realized kids try 10, 15 times harder than I did at school. And just, it just doesn't work. Yeah. It just doesn't happen for them because school's not built for them. Or the subjects they're doing just don't interest them enough. And that's nothing, no fault of their own. So that was, that perspective shift was huge for me because I realized that everyone has a calling, but it's different for every single person. Even if it's in the same industry, it's different for every single person. Yeah, I love and that. Th there's no way to compare it. You know what? The thing for me that I think I've realized in the last couple of years is we're in the age of opportunity where but we can be sitting here having this conversation now and I can consider this a career path. Mm. And for the person who didn't do well at school but is an unbelievable communicator, has great empathy, is great at sharing story, 
Like there are so many opportunities for the person who is tech minded, but not academically inclined in science or math. Mm -hmm. They can partake in a career that involves the, the amazing technology and the abilities we have now. There are great opportunities out there when you just have passions and interests. And the fact that, you know, I love Gary Vee. Gary mm. Vee says it all the time. If you love the Smurfs, you can make money by hosting a podcast that is Smurf-related content yeah. and attaching the right sponsors and connections to it. Mm. We live in that age now where things are starting to become possible. Can you see the school system in the next couple of years shifting the way that they hold curriculum and build curriculum to cater for the way that the world is changing? I think the school system is going to go through a big change soon. Mm. I don't know how soon that is because the problem with the way it's built is that it's run by the generation that will stop it from changing. Yeah. And it's our generation that wants it to change and there's still quite mm. a big gap between the people that are running it and where we sit on that spectrum. Um, there are a lot of people in the school system right now that would love it to change as well and work really hard to make things change. There's a school I got invited to a few weeks ago out um, in Marsden Park. St. Luke's College um, and that is a super progressional school the principal there all the teachers there are doing amazing work so they've basically taken the curriculum squeezed it down to the minimum amount you have to do for all the core subjects and then they've built this new course called life by design and it's all about figuring out what you want to do with your life and the possibilities that are out there for you to follow your passion and they start this from as young as I think year seven to year nine or That's really younger. beautiful, isn't it? Yeah. And like just going there inspired the shit out of me. Mm. I walked away and I'm like, holy, this is an entire school built in the system that destroys the system. Yeah. So that gave me a lot of hope. I think more stuff like that will start to pop up. For sure. Let's say, you know, that idea of life by design. Let's say that you go to a school right now or you're in a university degree or a certain career path where you feel as though the curriculum or the course of that isn't catered towards you, let's say you could build your own life by design curriculum outside of that, what would your advice be for people to start to find the things that speak to them? I think the biggest thing in figuring out sort of what, not what you want to do, but where you want to go is to figure out what your values are. Mm. Because that's the only thing at the end of the day we can judge ourselves on. Every single person's path is different. So it doesn't make sense to compare yourself to someone else's path but we can compare ourselves to our values. And if you're not living by those values, then you're doing something wrong, you need to change something. But we're never taught in school how to find those values. So I think the first step is to figure out what the values are and how to find those values. Is there a practical way that you'd recommend workshopping to find those values? A practical way that the listener, the viewer can sit down and go, these are my core four values, or however many values it may be, and this is how then I can apply them to my life. Yeah, so um, like I was telling you before, I, when I was young, I sort of saw a school counsellor when my parents split in year two. And, and from that, I learnt that talking to people was okay. And that was a big way that um, I learnt to deal with issues that I was having in my life. Yeah. So naturally, as I got older, I started seeing a psychologist. Um, it was on and off from like year nine onwards. And then as I've got older, it's become more frequent. Um, That's an amazing skill to be able to sit down and share. Yeah, it was, um, it was uncomfortable at first. And there are still times where I find myself holding back. Yeah. But I think I just keep the perspective of this person is here to tell me the truth, whatever their truth is. It's yeah. not always, like, it's, obviously it's not an objective truth. Um, but they can't get to a truth unless I share everything mm. with them 100%. 
It's a great way of looking at it. And there is no judgment in that environment. The only judgment would be me thinking they're judging me. Yeah. And of course, they've got their thoughts, but they're never going to voice that, and what we don't know can't hurt us. So anyway, go into, I go into psychology with a very open mind, and I love it because I always walk out feeling really good. Yeah, it's awesome. But um, yeah, so my psychologist and I did an exercise recently to find my values, um, to really define them so that I could write them down in those four words. And basically what that was, was to think of the four people in your life that are closest to you. So the four people that you would consider, like, I guess your role models, your four yeah. biggest role models. Um, and from that, you got to pick one thing in each person that you really, really relate to. So like, what's the one thing in that person that makes you look up to them as much as you do? And what my psychologist took from that was, so you've got your three things. You've got the people, the value in them that you look up to, and then from that you take your values. Because the reason that we resonate with that person and that one value in them is because it's what we want to model ourselves on. Mm. So that really helped me define it. And, um, and from there, he gave me a list of like 200 different words for values. And um, that's another way to look through and figure out all your other different values that sort of relate to each other. But that exercise there gave me my four core values and I reckon they'll stick with me for the rest of my life because I'm pretty certain of them. I think that's so important. You know, it's, I've spoken about it a lot recently. I've started journaling like the last mm, month. It's good, isn't it? Really, I think it's a really healthy way of almost like having a brain dump yep. and knowing that what sits within your mind, what sits within your heart is on paper. You haven't lost it. Mm. You can come back to it. You don't have to come back to it if you don't want to. But it's a really good way of keeping track. I learned a bit off Matthew McConaughey in his book. I loved his book. Read it once, listened to it twice. <laughs> and there was this consistent theme of this, is a lot of this was a lot of stuff that he journaled throughout his lifetime. And one thing I picked up in the book is he said, I wish I'd journaled through more of the good times because sometimes when you're not in the good times, it's a formula to go back to. Yeah. And so I was like, I want to consistently journal this year. And one of the things that come up for me was as I was heading into this new year, 2020 was the year that I really discovered who I am and who I'm not and what I want to be in this world. Mm -hmm. 2021 is the year that all those beliefs I had of myself were tested yeah. and I come out the other side stronger for it. So now that I know all these things and have these core values that I believe about myself, how do I put that into practical application in 2022? Mm. But it's not until you know who you are and what your values are that you can truly be on path, that you That's can be on purpose. And I think it's a really good point that you make and I'm always interested in the ways that you can practically workshop those things and I think that's a great task or a great exercise that someone at home listening to this or watching this right now can actually sit down and run through that because there's often a disconnect between I understand how important purpose is or I understand how important values are but how do I find that within mm -hmm. myself and I think it's a great way of doing it. Yeah, well that's one of the biggest things. Like School doesn't teach that stuff. It doesn't, does there's, it? There's no subject that's about life. Like yeah. You learn how to do math through equations but you're never taught the equation to figure out who you are and what your values are and what your purpose is most definitely so um i think it's things like this where we can share lessons that we've learned to other people that help people figure those things out and i love sure. that you brought up journaling as well because that's something i've done for the last few months as well and it's really good because it makes you articulate your thoughts in a linear manner yeah like you have to to write a sentence it has to make sense and often when we think it's so irrational because we'll have one thought and then another thought. And if you put them together, it doesn't make any sense. But in our heads, we start to get this anxiety over it. Yeah. Even though it's irrational. And when you write, 
you force it to become rational. Otherwise, you read the page and it's just gibberish. Mm. And if that is the case, then you can look at your thoughts and be like, mate, what the fuck are you worrying about? It doesn't make sense anyway. For sure. Do you do quite a sporadic journaling or do you have like a guided journal? Um, I wouldn't call it guided, but with every journal entry, I try to write like a mini chapter, like a okay. real mini chapter, like one to two pages. But I like it to have a start and an end. Okay. And I like the end to be something that I've taken away from what I've been writing. Okay. So it's almost like I'm figuring it out as I go. Yep. And then I, I get to a realization of some sort. And it's nothing, it's never anything huge. It's yeah. often quite small realizations. But then as they build up, because often I'll have a problem and think about that problem for a week. And mm. each realization every day, I finally get to the end of the week and boom, I got a solution. Yeah, I love that. It's a really good way of doing it. Mm. I want to ask you two quite vulnerable and open questions to, to finish off today's chat. They've been a consistent theme in episode to episode over these last couple of weeks. And I feel like they're very relatable to everyone on the other side of this conversation. The first being, what's your biggest fear in life right now? <laughs> this is what I brought up when we were in, our, in the studio up there and I was interviewing you. Um, my biggest fear is that I won't live up to who I know I'm capable of being. Mm. and it's funny because I have days where I honestly believe that and then I have days where I realize that I already have because what I am right now is my potential right now and I'm yeah. living up to that I love that so it's this constant battle between I could be more and I am enough and these are, it scares me it's the it's the torturous nature of an inspired soul mm. it is because you're like I could have such a huge impact on this world and it's so easy to forget the impact you're already having. There's a quote I love that I think ties in really well with that, Mother Teresa. We all have the power, we don't all have the power to change the world, but we can change the world of one person. Mm. And essentially that is the same thing. And I love that quote because like you said, when you feel as though you have this potential that you can fulfill that is um, like on a, on a major mass scale, world changing, um, generation inspiring and you feel that you ha would have that within yourself sometimes it's easier to feel down on the fact that you're not there yet mm -hmm. but when you actually boil it down and go well hold on with each world of one person that I change they share that inspiration with another and another and another and then all of a sudden it's this domino effect where it kind of full circle comes back to what that major life fulfilling goal is. 100%. Um, so I, man, I feel that fear. I feel that fear. It's definitely something that I sit with often within myself. So the second thing I wanted to finish off on was that I want you to set yourself a goal. I want you to set yourself a goal that you can come back to this and be accountable to in a year's time, 10 years time, whenever it is that we readdress this conversation we've had and go, was I accountable to that or do I need to get back on track? So what would that be? Um, yeah, I guess something I've noticed myself doing a lot lately is going into situations and acting how I think people want me to act. Mm. So going into social settings, going into pro professional settings and acting in a manner that isn't necessarily who I am, yeah. but who I think I should be to impress people or get people to like me those, those insecurities you have as a young person um, in, in the adult world. And I know that's not me. Like I know that I'm better than that and I'm aware that I'm acting like that when I do it. So I guess if I was to set myself a challenge, um, it would be to just be unapologetically who I am. 
unapologetically yeah, me. Just this is how I am. If you don't like it, that's too bad. Amen to that, brother. Yeah, that's, Amen that's to the that. challenge. And like we were saying, that one's a probably a, a hard one to measure. Yeah. But I'll know whether or not I've been myself. That man staring back at you in the mirror will tell you whether you're accountable or not, right? At the end of the day, I'll, I'll lie in bed looking at the ceiling going, what the fuck was I doing today? Yeah. Or I'll lie there going, that was good. You were you. That person likes you because of it or that person doesn't like you because of it. Yeah. And either way, that's fine. We can all take something from that one for sure. Mm. Brother, I want to say thank you so much for taking the time to sit and share your story with me. I know so many of the people listening and watching back home will get so much from Uncle Nathan and the content that you make. I'll have all of your links, descriptions, your tags for your socials in today's show description. So if you're tuning in, make sure you head across and give that some love and some support. Nath, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much. It's been so a pleasure. Much. Thank you for having me, mate. And if you want to listen to the captain's story, check out yes, my podcast. Check out his podcast. The post-school so, podcast. The ultimate link up. Thanks, guys. Make sure you follow, subscribe, share this around with your loved ones, with your friends and your family. I appreciate you being here so much. We're out.